were you guys part of the Madison situation? I flew that show, yep. Awesome. So what does that mean? When you say you flew that show, what does that mean? So as a pilot, we control the fleet, um, and the shows are, for the most part, uh, computer-generated, but the pilot is on the ground. We have to be certified by the FAA as a drone pilot, uh, and we have to be qualified to be able to fly that many drones at one time. It requires a special waiver to do that. So uh, in flying it, it means getting the ground crew together, helping everybody work together, um, and making sure that everything is laid out correctly, um, that all the software is up and running correctly. We build a full network. We make sure all the drones know where they're supposed to be, uh, when they're supposed to be, what colors they're supposed to be. Um, the short term for that is paths. So we make sure that all the drones have their right paths and that everything is ready and adjusted and that we are set up uh, both um, operationally and regulatorily, um, if that's even a word, um, to, uh, to fly that show in that airspace. So when someone calls you and says, hey, we want you to do this show, is it a matter of like just building like a three-dimensional grid and figuring out like pinpoints or GPS points to that? How, how do you go through the process of building a show? There is a lot of that. Um, initially, it's more, we want to have a show. This is our concept. This is our idea. And we have a very talented group of animators who design uh, an image based on, uh, initially, it's how many drones we're going to use. And that comes down, uh, unfortunately, a lot of times just to budget. So we're doing what we can um, to make sure that we can give the best show. And we kind of coach the people through, well, if this is what you want to have and this is what your image and, and your animations uh, are to look like, then we need to have at least X number of drones to make that happen. Really, if we're going to start doing big, like three-dimensional items and things like that, we need at least 250 drones. Uh, our biggest show so far in the U.S. Um, was 1,500 drones in a single show, and we did that down in Texas. Uh, and it, it looked absolutely spectacular. So being able to work with them, um, design a show around their concept, get that all programmed, and then the logistics of getting everything from our main base in Texas to wherever that show is. Um, our furthest show away so far has been American Samoa, which that was a, that was a trip and a half in and of itself. Um, but, yeah, making sure that all the logistics get there, uh, and then once we're on site, that everything runs smoothly. So it's a full process. We've got a, we've got a whole company of everyone from animators to logistics guys to um, folks that uh, work with the clients to just kind of make the whole process go smoothly, hold their hands, you know, from start to finish, uh, and then operations guys like me and, and the crews that I take out on the road uh, to actually make the show happen. Man, so what's the most time-consuming aspect of it? Is it the choreography, or is it the logistics of pinpointing and then flying those things around? A little bit of both. Um, uh, the choreography itself is probably the, the most time-consuming in general. Um, but once we get everything figured out and you know, deciding where the best location is to hold a show uh, for a specific client, uh, if they've got a certain area they want to be in or a certain uh, clientele they want to have see that show, um, basically how many eyeballs you can put on that show at once, uh, we work very carefully with that. And sometimes that can take weeks to get approval. Um, sometimes it's just permitting with you know, local uh, governments. Sometimes it is uh, authorization to fly in that aerospace 
because we may be, you know, in a large city or near large airports, and we have to coordinate with all that because the number one goal here is safety. And as fun as it is to see all those lights up in the sky, we have to be real careful of manned aircraft and, and people on the ground as well. So when you have it all laid out, is it a matter of just like hitting enter on a laptop and then it all just kind of fires up? Or are you throughout the whole show having to like enter coordinates or, or type in something to move it to the next image or whatnot? I wish it was as easy as just pushing a button. That would be really smooth. Um, it, it is uh, essentially hitting go um, and making sure that that time it goes with, uh, you know, if you're coordinating time or a soundtrack or um, uh, part of an actual choreography of a show that you're dealing with. So that part is pretty straightforward. And then uh, the job as pilot is to sit back and you're watching a lot of different things. It's, it's kind of like... Um, it's kind of like looking into the matrix because you're getting a full scroll back of a whole bunch of different uh, readouts. And so you're seeing vibrations and battery levels and uh, GPS locations and, you know, all these different things that go together. So while you can't necessarily steer the show like you would fly a normal drone, you do have the ability to say, okay, this drone is causing a problem. I need to pull him out of the fleet or I need to, you know, do something to, to help mitigate any problems that that may cause. So it's, it's not quite as simple as pushing a button, but it's, it's, uh, it's very different from traditionally flying drones. And if it's windy, they can withstand wind gusts and that type of thing? Yep. Um, we're looking uh, right around 20 miles an hour sustained um, we can handle, and sometimes gusts higher than that. Uh, really, it boils down to the pilot's concern and, and how much they feel that you know, things will be okay uh, within that situation. Um, we definitely like to keep our pilots trained up, and, and again, it all boils down to safety. If, if we think we can get the show up and make it work uh, within our guidelines, then we're going to fly every chance we get. It seems like this is growing in popularity. Are you seeing that also? Very much so. Um, in a lot of locations, we see things where there may be, um, you know, fire bans uh, or restrictions on fireworks in general, um, whether that be from, uh, you know, chemicals, fire, uh, just the, the waste after products from uh, firework shows, uh, the noise pollution. There's been a big move towards uh, folks being concerned about, you know, just the noise for animals and folks with PTSD and things along those lines. So we do see a lot of, of pickup from that. We do see a lot of people reaching out to us asking questions about that. Um, uh, especially in California this past year, uh, we got a lot of response for 4th of July and things like that where uh, we were able to step in and offer a show where they had basically decided they weren't going to be able to have a show for 4th of July because fireworks just weren't going to work. Um, and, in fact, we had one, one city where um, we just happened to be in the area, happened to have a down day. Their fireworks provider backed out just days before 4th of July, and we were able to put together one of our uh, – one of our kind of standard 4th of July shows and add in, you know, like the name of the city and a couple things like that. And uh, surprisingly enough, it, it got us on Good Morning America for, for saving 4th of July. So we were pretty excited about that one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> all right. So it, more popular all the time. What about like, uh, where do you see the industry going? Are we looking at more three-dimensional shapes? Is that, is, is that something you guys are already rolling into also? Oh, absolutely. And like I said, you know, it, we do shows from about 100 drones up to 1,500 or more. Um, and really, it's like looking at, 
I was explaining this to some people the other day, and I made the comment dot matrix printer, and half the crowd had no idea what I was talking about. Um, but basically, when you've got a printer, and it's printing it so many dots per square inch DPI, if you've got one that's printing at, say, 160 DPI versus one that's printing at 360 DPI, the 360 image is always going to look better. It's got more detail. You can do more with it. You can see more in it. Um, so as we go above the 250 drone limit uh, and start being able to get into a lot more three-dimensional items, um, a say like an Apple rendered at you know 100 drones in three dimensions doesn't look nearly as good as an Apple and 300 drones in three dimensions. So I think bigger, brighter, better. And um, the, the real push right now is just time. So our average show runs about 12 minutes, um, and really that's a limitation of batteries. Uh, we have uh, in, in, in testing and, and playing around with some things, I can't give away exactly how we did it. We were able to do an hour-long show in Austin um, just playing around with hardware and software and a couple other things. We basically did a one-hour countdown timer, and at the end of it, through a big QR code uh, up in the sky, that when it was scanned, it was uh, a link to Rick Astley's Never Going to Give You Up video. So we basically Rickrolled the whole city of Austin, which was fantastic. Um, but it was I, I really think that's it, is, is bigger, brighter, and better. Oh, man, that's fascinating in so many levels, just the Rickroll's phenomenal. But it was so funny. An actual QR code. Like, that's amazing, just the, yep. uh, what you could do with that moving forward. Like, just even, like, buying ad space or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. So at, at that point, it's the difference between advertising versus art and uh, coming up with a good balance between the two. And what am I missing? Anything else you think I should know? Uh, you know, honestly, uh, about the only thing you're missing is seeing one in person. So keep an eye on our website, uh, skyelementsdroneshows.com, and uh, we will list. Uh, we have a, an entire link that says where to see a drone show. And if we have some public shows and things like that, we're sure to get it up there because we want as many people to see this as possible. Hopefully we'll be back up there soon. Madison was a beautiful city. Yeah, man. So I was at that show. I was at the game. So that was, okay. that was pretty cool. Like, so I was amazed at, like, I, I, unless I was seeing it wrong, and I probably was, but at the end there, like, it was almost like you guys had them just, like, in flat sheets, like, layered on top of each other, and, like, they were just coming down one at a time. Is that, like... They do. They go, they go into flat layers, and then they land almost exactly where they took off from. So those layers are just slightly offset. Um, it's kind of funny. The show itself is what most people go for. I'm kind of the geeky, techie side of things, so my favorite is takeoff and landing. Um, so watching that whole grid take off in, in groups and then organize themselves and level themselves out and then go into the show, and then when they come flying back in from 400 feet up and line up in perfect rows and land right back where they took off from, it's, it's pretty epic. So was there a, how big are they? are they? I mean, I assume they're not... Not terribly big or heavy. They're not huge. Um, in fact, they're about the same size as what you're going to see from, uh, from stuff that you'll uh, find at like Best Buy, the general consumer-level drones. Uh, but these are stripped down to where the only thing they have is uh, essentially what they need to fly and a really, really bright light source that we can manipulate. That's fascinating. Man, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Just uh, so cool. It looks like that business is just going to blow up here. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, anytime we're back up in the area, I'll give you a shout. Oh, man, that sounds great. Please do so. All right. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. Thanks, Casey. Anytime, man. Bye-bye.